can you just broadly how you got started in your industry and what sort of got you into your chosen field? Oh, and I'm such a bad example at that. I am um, 60 years old, so I started a long time ago, and it's all one big fluke. So the way the story goes is I was in my late 20s or early 30s, and a guy who was in the queue next to me said, I'm going to start a sports marketing agency, and I said, great, what is it? And he told me what he proposed to do, and he asked me to join him, and he said I would make $40,000, and I'm going to be a VP, and I'm going to own 15% of the company, and I'm going to meet famous athletes, and I said, sure. And none of that really happened. <laughs> <laughs> including the $40,000. <laughs> so um, we started our own agency in Atlanta, and the timing was right. And before you knew it, we started to win real clients, like a MasterCard doing World Cup 94, and the Sears doing their football, and R.J. Reynolds, and all sorts of things. And, and we started to grow, and then we were competing against an agency called Advantage, which was also private at the time. And uh, we got acquired by Advantage, and then ITG acquired um, Advantage, which is now Octagon. So uh, I think the key learnings of my career is uh, I took a risk. Um, I, w I was not chosen to start a sports marketing agency because of my sports. I was chosen because it was an agency and how I communicate and how I grow clients and um, how I help my clients grow businesses. So that was the essence of, of why I was one of the founding partners as opposed to uh, I, I knew about soccer. Oh, okay. And then, so going into this sort of unexpectedly, um, how were the, the early days in terms of um, you know, knowing the business, knowing the context, knowing the content of the people that you were interacting with. Um, so how steep was the, the learning curve, so to speak, and how did you engage with that? Uh, I'd say pretty steep. Yeah? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was World Cup 94, and I went, what, what, is, what is that? What is that? Um, so, no, I learned very quickly, and, and again, it was about reading and researching and learning what was important to our clients. I didn't need to learn what the referee was always doing. I mean, the, the actual sport in of itself, I did learn, but that was not my priority. My priority was to learn my client's business better than anybody else, ingrain myself into my client's business, understand what they needed to get out of the sponsorship so that they would meet their objectives. That was my priority. And um, what, what I do, even though we have music experts and fashion experts and culinary experts and sports experts here within the agency, back then, it, you know, we didn't have all that expertise. So I certainly needed to be smart in the property in of itself, but I wanted to be smarter about my client's business and what they needed to get out of the partnership. All right, interesting, interesting. And so along the way, um, have you had any 
you know, mentors or people that um, you've looked at for guidance in, you know, positioning yourself as, you know, the one who really was able to tap into your client's needs? Or was that sort of a learning by doing or you just being good at it? Well, uh, your grace is, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if that word existed back then. Yeah. Um, so we didn't talk about mentorships. We didn't talk about balance. We didn't talk about anything. Obviously, there's so many people that influenced and helped me along the way, and whether it was my clients, you know, certainly at MasterCard, or whether it was Rick Jones who started that first agencies with me, or Rick Dudley, but every, you know, I, I always answer this, everybody was has been a mentor to me. I didn't speak out and have an hour session with any one particular person. I was influenced by everybody I worked with, and it was the clients, it was the properties, it was my colleagues. That, that's really my answer. It's um, not... I would say Rick Jones and Rick Dudley were, were truly my two mentors who lead two different agencies throughout my career. But everybody, who who isn't a mentor? Right. You know? And you don't have to have that one-hour session to figure out things. Yeah, so that was um, maybe prompting or leading into then um, my, my question too. So for somebody else going into maybe not even this industry, but, you know, any industry or the sport industry in general, um, is there, is there a sort of tactical approach to listening and to paying attention to all these different people one might learn from? Um, if there is no such thing as sort of like an hour long meeting, how can a student, um, sort of emulate that? That's a good question. I think um, be inquisitive yeah. and ask questions and learn along the way. And uh, I, I think it is being inquisitive. So if I think about the people here, we do have a mentoring program, which I, I think I'm a, I am an official mentor to probably within different organizations and internally ongoing 15 people where oh, wow. I set up meetings um, and that's between women in sports and events that's with IPG that's with Women's Leadership Network that's internally that's with my alma mater which is University of Delaware um, Women Business Development Council a group called Moxie so um well, I never talk to anyone for an hour, so they're more like <laughs> 18 minutes. Because I'm thinking, if I can't tell you what I need to say in 18, then let's just call it a day. So I, I move pretty quickly. But so I, I like to be a mentor. I think it's great. But so I, I'm not diminishing it at all. I'm just saying back then we didn't we didn't have that. And for those people who are just starting out now, just glue yourself to whomever, whomever you believe is someone you, you want to be like and okay. those qualities and sit with them and learn from them and, and listen and get involved. All right, so I'm not yelling at you, Florian. I just start to talk pretty loud. Oh, no, that is, <laughs> that is, that is great. Um, 
that'll help with uh, the actual sound quality of the recording. So that'll be that'll be oh, yeah, I that'll be that perfect. Um, oh, that, that's great. Yeah. So um, that's definitely going to be helpful for our students. Um, now, that is obviously great advice for our students listening and anybody else sort of wanting to get into the industry. When you look back at your career, um, what was the best advice, if you've ever received any along the way, which I'm sure you may have had people um, talk to you along the way, what was the best advice that you've ever received that you recall? I would say, say yes. Say yes, okay. Uh, because um, you'll never feel 100% confident about what, what someone has asked you to do. So you may have some hesitation but if you don't say yes, nothing will happen. So you take the risk and you do your very best that you can and you prepare and you research and you read and you learn and you jump in. And that, that's the way to move forward. And I don't think it's any secret. I think anybody who wants to be assertive and, and move up the ladder and get a job, um, I think that would be it. Okay, and um, so we do have also on campus now um, starting a, a club, a group for female students um, wanting to get into the industry and positioning them themselves. Is that something that would apply more to a female or truly anybody trying to work and succeed in this industry? So are you saying should male men be included in the female-oriented sports program? I'm not sure I understand the question. No, I to the it. to the point of you know saying yes and taking that risk and being um, you know assertive and putting themselves out there. Is that in, does that apply to anybody or is that something that you know might be sort of more applicable to? maybe our female students wanting to move forward. Oh, no, that is, that is across the board. Okay, wonderful, yeah. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, that is not a gender-specific initiative at all. That's for anybody who wants to, um, and, and it has nothing to do with sports. That's just a career thing. Right, right. Um, anybody who wants to do well, you must be assertive. You must take risks and get out of your comfort zone and and it's a life it's a life lesson you are never going to be a hundred percent confident in anything you do because this doesn't it just doesn't exist so you, you got to try and right. put yourself out there so that is for anybody for any career right okay and um, to somebody who might be struggling with that is there is there anything you truly sort of tactical like a small actual mm -hmm. thing that they can do to become a little more comfortable with taking those risks putting themselves out there is there anything that you've seen that works um, among your colleagues or people in the industry or maybe for yourself yeah yeah lauren lauren tells me i have a presentation she's pulling up all the slides <laughs> which is great so i was going to say preparation yeah. and research um, because what I say in my speech is knowledge is power. And, again, you'll never be 100%. So even even today, I, I question my 
abilities to be a great speaker. I question my ability to, to be an effective communicator in writing or verbally. So um, you'll never be 100% proficient in anything. But for someone who's just starting out and you're going to an interview, do the research about the company. Read about the person or on LinkedIn that you might be interviewing with. And the more that you research and prepare and become knowledgeable, the more confident you're going to be because what questions they ask, hopefully you'll know the answers. Okay. That is great. Yeah, especially for our students, um, the reminder to prepare and then sort of be able to almost, I guess, outsource the worry about being sort of blindsided. Um, I think that's, that's definitely valuable advice. Um, I really appreciate you talking about that. Now, I mean, you. Oh, and I would, I would add too. If, if someone's nervous, you can bring in notes. Yeah. I think who who wouldn't want to see someone who's prepared? I'd love when someone walks in, has their uh, CV or resume with them. They have a pen and paper. You would be surprised how many people do not have their questions, have their notes. That is all good. No one should ever be embarrassed to have their package together. And to refer to your notes would be, I, I would be very impressed because then I would have seen that they did do the research and they, and they took the time. So if someone gets nervous in an interview, that's fine to have all that information with them. Oh, I love that. Um, I think our students don't realize that. Um, that would actually be okay. Um, almost more of it looking at it as a weakness, right? So moving and getting into an interview situation, sort of believing that they have to have this perfectly packaged persona put together. Um, so I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, now, with your um, long career in the industry, um, do you still spend as much time? on you know, your core business activities in terms of matching partners with properties, or how has that sort of evolved over, over the years at this point? No, it's a good question. I'm, I'm very fortunate that my career ha has evolved. Um, and now uh, Octagon partners with seven agencies, so I work with seven different agencies within our small family, which is in sports and entertainment and uh, media buying rights and consulting. And so I get to work across all brands and I work with Lauren on the marketing of those brands. And then another part of my position is to support the women in sports because that's the low hanging fruit and that's what I am. And that's, I've gone through it, so I get to be a mentor and work with a lot of women's organizations in, in sports and entertainment. Yeah. And I do work with a few key clients, but I have always surrounded myself with people that are better than myself and smarter than myself, so there are hundreds of those people that do the, the work with clients, but I still have a couple that I, I work with. Oh, wonderful. So it's a mixed bag. It's the best. Yeah. And, and World Cup is still uh, what is one of my expertise. So I just finished my seventh, seventh FIFA World Cup in oh, wow. Russia. 
and uh, being global has been um, my other expertise. So FIFA World Cup and working outside of the United States is something that I loved and have done, and I find anything that's global uh, separates you from the norm. Right. So I've been fortunate that my career has taken me there. Wonderful. And um, so with those sort of evolving activities that, that make up your day and you know, your, your life in that regard, um, what, what motivates you to succeed and what sort of excites you in either of those um, sort of areas as that has sort of changed over the course of your career? not sure if I'm going to answer this exactly what you're thinking about. What excites me is working with the people that I do work with that are brilliant. Yeah. And there everybody is. And I am not the expert in everything anymore. And what we're doing in, in technology, what we're doing with content, what we're doing with consulting and media buying. I mean, this industry is so different than when we started in 1989, and I appreciated it, and I'm not um, minimizing my own expertise by any means, but I can only get excited by all the new offerings that we are able to provide to clients, which 30 years ago didn't, I, I wouldn't even dream of. So I think how far this agency has come and what we're able to offer clients is, is what keeps me here. Uh, wonderful. Now, um, so that does sound a little bit like, so with the industry changing, and you just mentioned that you know, 25 years ago, you couldn't even dream of, of offering certain things. Um, and then you also mentioned you, you hire people smarter than you, I think is what you said, right? Yes, that's why Lauren is here. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. So, um, with that then you sort of relying on you know other people to you know bring additional expertise and in knowledge to to the table how would you describe then your key role in in the business then in terms of what you truly are still you know responsible for in that sense if that makes sense so if because I don't want it to sound like all these trends are happening and everybody else is sort of doing all this stuff so I'm curious to see um, or hear you speak to sort of what it is that you know you truly are still impacting in, in the business and through sort of what what actions well I am responsible for the global brand yeah uh, make brands plural and then for key accounts I I'm not doing the day-to-day -day anymore but I do have relationships with our largest clients for Octagon, per se, maybe not so much for our other family of brands. Um, FIFA World Cup, I'm still involved. We haven't started in Qatar, but for Russia, uh, involved with clients and new business pitches. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Very, very cool. Um, so for for somebody working in the, in the field and working in the industry, and again, this might be general career advice, um, when things sort of evolve very rapidly and 
trends are happening and changes are occurring, how does one position themselves to stay afloat and stay current in addition to what you mentioned, surrounding oneself with you know, people that can match up that expertise? What do you think? Um, I'm not sure where you're going. Um, how do we stay current? Yeah, how, how do you stay current? So you mentioned you, know, you hire people smarter than yourself, um, but then how else do you sort of keep up with you know, changing business environments? Yeah, I mean, we, we do it every day. Yeah. So we, we're out there. Our, our technology department is, it, and, and really for Octagon, our thematic, our tagline is what's next. It's about tomorrow. It's thinking about what the clients haven't thought about yet. Okay. It's about return on objectives. It's about measurement so that the next time we can make it even better. So that is our job. So we don't have to do anything special because that is our job, and we are paid to be consultants. And consultants, and again, I'm talking on the brand side. We have a whole division for talent and properties. So. Right. Um, I'm talking more his, in, in the realm that I work in on a day-to-day -day basis. But again, even for talent, we represent 800 athletes uh, in various sports. It's keeping that athlete relevant and what, what, um, what he or she needs to know about their own personal brand and how we can build that personal brand tomorrow. So we are all inclined to think about what's next and, and our clients' objectives, and again, it could be about a property. We own golf tournaments and tennis tournaments. So how do we grow the business for people, for properties, for brands through this world of experiences? And that's how we think naturally. Okay, so future-oriented, looking at you know what is next, innovation-based. I guess you could you could say. You ha and you have to. Yeah. That is not an option. All right, very very cool. Um, so now my last question would be, since uh, we're getting close to uh, two thirty, um, if you had a chance to. You know, give advice to any student um, in addition to the things that you've mentioned throughout the conversation. Um, anybody wanting to get in your particular industry, what would you tell that student um, to prepare themselves for the career and to be successful? First of all, to understand the career is so multifaceted. Yeah. In fact, I to someone who just graduated in May, and their definition of a job in sports was so small. And I told that person, I would say any given day, there are probably thousands and thousands of jobs out there in this discipline. And it's broadcasters, and it's teams, and it's leagues, and it's pauses, and it's properties, and it's agencies. I mean, it is endless. So this poor kid, I grilled, and I said, well, how many resumes did you send out today? And he goes, well, one. And I said, you know what? It could probably be about 500. Yeah. So 
perseverance, understanding all of and and brands. I didn't even mention brands. Um, so understanding what sports marketing is. It's it's such a limited term, but such a wide area of opportunity. And no reflection on professors or universities. Everyone does a great job, but I don't think students graduate understanding all that they could do and feel really good that they're in the sports business. Yeah, definitely. I agree, I agree personally. Um, I think there's much room to, to improve that level of understanding and, and preparation for our students. Yeah, um, and, and, and all good. So, so many times I hear kids saying, oh my gosh, I'll never get a job. And, I, and I'm like, you absolutely will. It's this perseverance, and I, and I know it's hard, and you get a lot of rejection, and, and volunteer if you can. I told this person this morning, if there's a, a Thanksgiving 5K, um, volunteer for that. If there's a golf tournament down the street, volunteer for that. Just get in the door, and you push, and you push, and you push, and you, you just don't give up, and you just have to widen your uh, understanding of what's out there. All right, that's great. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to add at this point? Any questions you have for me? Um, anything else you, you want to share? So are, do you edit this or do you just throw it? Like what, what do you do with this? So the approach for me is that this will be as is um this will be the episode um, unless you um, looking back at it had anything that you would not want to be shared then it would be edited but i do not plan on editing out me stumbling over my own words when i ask a question so really as raw and as authentic as possible is um my hope for this that answers okay. your question. Lawrence, okay. Okay. Yep. She's fine. Um, so there and will. Then you could, so yeah. Does this get shared just internally with your students, or more widely? So for us, the hope is for the so the first sort of first sort of group will be our students, um, but for us, really, the hope is to um, be able to truly have a podcast that will be shared on you know, iTunes radio, for example, that people can listen to. So no commercial interest um, because iTunes is free that way, but our, our hope is to, to make this available to as many people as possible because I came here from Texas and I know there are people, there are students at Texas that would have loved to listen to what you were just talking about. Um, so there's so many students out there that would benefit from this and especially meeting them in this podcast realm um, that is so popular right now. Um, I would love to make this available to as many, as many young aspiring professionals as possible. Okay. No, that sounds, that sounds good. This, um, if you could just keep me posted on when anything goes live or of goes course. out, I would appreciate that. That would be really helpful. Thank of you. Of course. Yeah, and of I course. Can, um, I was included in some of these um, original emails, so what I'll do is send you something new and hope that it makes its way to you. If you don't see it once you do get back on email, um, just 
give us a call or reach out and, and I'll make sure you have my email address. That sounds great. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. We could not be more grateful for, for this opportunity and you taking the time. Oh, it's, it's been a pleasure not to worry. And, um, you know, tell, tell your students I can go on www.octagon.com and, and there are lots of entry-level jobs and take my advice. All right, I will do that. Thank you so much. All right. No, not a problem. I'll talk soon. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.